Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Golem, your host, and today I'm joined by Zach Condry. Zach is the president at Everest Communications, which specializes in developing and executing digital communications strategies to help organizations tackle critical public affairs issues, major crises, regulatory obstacles, and reputation management challenges. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the importance of crisis management systems and ways we can prepare and recover from a disaster. In today's episode, we'll cover the following key takeaways. Number one, a crisis is something that threatens an organization's license to do business. Number two, generally speaking, a crisis will fall into one of the four following buckets, societal, political, financial, or operational. Number three, to effectively manage a crisis, we should acknowledge it, take responsibility, look at the data, apologize, and make improvements. And number four, two common crises we may run into are data breaches and issues related to social movements. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Zach. Of course. Great. Uh, great to be here. I have been doing this for about 25 years now, uh, being an entrepreneur and running businesses and and uh, during that time and during my lifetime, I've been through a lot of crises. And I know it's human nature for us to think, well, those happen to someone else and those aren't going to happen to me. And um, I've been through a lot of things. I, I've been in Thailand when Thailand was taken over by a military coup and sequestered in, in, a, in a hotel with tanks out in the street, right? I was the CEO of a publicly traded SaaS software company during the dot-com bubble and lost $11 million in one day when the dot-com bubble burst. Um, I, we've all been through this pandemic, you know, where it just turned our world upside down in, in ways that, that none of us expected. And, and I think today, because of that, everybody seeing the reality of going through a pandemic, I think people today are a little more open to thinking that a crisis might happen to them. And, and there's many different crises, right? There's, there's political crises that, that could happen and regulation changes. In, in the adoption space I've been in, I've, I've seen some horrific problems call, caused when one different political party came into power and, and appointed um, a certain person in, in charge of, of that in the federal government that implemented policies and procedures that just demolished an industry, right? That can happen. Um, there's stock market issues that can change and, and financially how that can affect us and, and, and the ripple effect of that, how that affects industries and borrowing and debt and, and those kinds of things. Um, I've, I've seen in my industry where uh, politically incorrect articles were published that made it through editorial processes that, that evoked a firestorm on, on social media. And rightly so, those articles shouldn't have been published. And, and it was a huge public relations disaster. Um, I've seen servers meltdown where, where a server crashed overnight and, and all of our websites were on this, this huge server. And, and um, you know, what that did for our company, I, I saw a hacker that got into uh, our business and, and, uh, the negative PR. I mean, I, I've been through a lot in 20 years. So these are the kinds of problems that you help people through. And uh, maybe you could start off by by giving us a few examples of of crises that you've seen and 
how you've you've helped companies through those situations. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to touch on kind of what you spoke about. Generally speaking, crises can put can be put into four separate buckets: societal, political, financial, and operational. The kind of the examples that you gave, the war stories that you gave, all fall into those buckets. And, you know, some of them kind of mesh together. Societal, as we're now seeing, is a massive, societal slash political is a massive, massive issue. You know, every week, it seems like there's a different societal issue that Twitter is all crazy about and trying to cancel individuals, companies, um, trying to play the gotcha game and really, um, uh, quite frankly, ruin livelihoods. Um, maybe it's warranted, maybe it's not. Um, I'm typically of the mind that it's usually not. I, I'm of the mind that grace should be part of this, right? We all make mistakes and, and a business or a CEO may have made a mistake. Let's hold them accountable, but give them a chance to improve. We don't need to cancel everybody and fire everybody just because they, they made a mistake. If that's the measure that anybody that makes a mistake needs to be canceled, then we've got to cancel the whole world and, and, and destroy our economy as we know it. And that's just not viable. Yeah. I mean, so my focus is primarily digital crisis communications, um, which has digital has made crises more complex, um, but it's given many more paths to um, to kind of reputational repair. And it's made it a lot, a lot quicker as well. Um, but to your point, uh, particularly on digital, apologies don't matter anymore. People don't care. And, and they rip it apart. They find ways to criticize how, how you apologized. Um, so the best, the best remedy for those sorts of things, A, is um, quite frankly, some executive soul searching. Get your C-suite together and um, with some communicators and say, hey, what, what keeps you up at night? What can we plan for ahead of time that could you know, really be a big bump in the road for us? How can, how can we proactively plan for it? And then uh, secondly, to, we're talking about canceling, apologize and move on. You know, executives or uh, organizations stumbling over themselves to um, to apologize to you know one percent of the one percent of your customer base, if that, frankly, is not beneficial for your business. It's horrible for your your, your long short term and long term reputation. Ultimately, you're not focusing on the stuff that makes you money. Okay, so let me restate and make sure I understand. What you're saying is don't let the tail whack the dog. When a situation arises and someone has a valid point where we've done something wrong, we need to acknowledge it. We need to do the soul searching you're talking about. We need to improve where where improvement is necessary and warranted. And then we need to move on. And we need to not dwell on it and let it be an anchor that's going to hold us back as an organization. Yeah, and and it's particularly when you work with executives and high profile individuals, it is very difficult for them to get over it from an individual standpoint because they are being attacked personally online. It is against them. And it's really difficult. I mean, it's difficult for anybody. I, you know, I'm, I say these high profile individuals, but like you and me, um, if we're attacked online uh, for something we did, or maybe, you know, something we inferred or whatever, I don't know. Um, it's quite difficult to get over. Um, and so I spent a lot of my time helping organizations and, and high profile individuals sort of work through these things. And, and one of the ways we do that is we use data. We, we use a lot of different pieces of software to dive into social conversation, search traffic, search standing, um, all that kind of stuff um, to help 
executives and, and organizations understand what the actual landscape looks like, as opposed to Joe Smith is just getting attacked online. Oh, okay. So there's 150 people talking about Joe Smith, but there's 150,000 people talking about your company. Right. You, know, you, you, you put percentages into it, and that really helps. So you put it in perspective that, yes, it's a problem, but we're going to survive this. This is not going to is not going to tank us. This doesn't need to control our direction as a company. Now, um, I will say, we talk about crisis. I want to be very clear. A crisis is something that threatens an organization's license to do business. If not handled appropriately, the organization could cease to exist. Everything else, in my opinion, is an issue or a speed bump. Could be a really bad month. Could be a bad week. Um, definitely long, long-term, long-term issues. But it only becomes a crisis when the company could cease to exist. So you call this digital communications in a crisis. Why, why is this digital communications in a crisis so difficult for organizations? Is is a big part of it the perspective or the emotion that it evokes like you're talking about? People aren't used to getting hit in the mouth. You're used to using these platforms to advertise, to market, to gain new audiences and customers. When you build a business, you have this kind of this idea of Here's how I'm going to obtain customers. Here's how I'm going to, here, here's my brand voice. Um, and you just kind of plow along. And people don't, typically speaking, don't particularly plan for these, um, these bumps in the road. And it is particularly shocking when it just comes out of nowhere. And which is, you know, we, we see all the time on digital. Okay, so let's talk about that. So we can't, they come out of nowhere, seemingly, but it seems to be a lot of the same types of problems that happen over and over again, just to different companies that aren't expecting it. So what are some of the most common crises that happen to companies digitally? And how can those companies prepare for those in advance? Let's talk about, um, I think nowadays the big elephant in the room is, we talked a little bit about canceling, but the big elephant in the room for me are data breaches. I mean, every company nowadays is, you know, holds on to a bunch of data. So we work with a, a very large children's hospital that is particularly worried about, um, they haven't been hacked, but they're, they're trying to plan ahead. And um, so we actually did a lot of research into um, ransomware attacks on hospitals. And we found out that there is one Russian ransomware gang called the Ryuk game that since 2018 did like 280 U.S. hospital ransomware attacks. One one gang um, since 2018. So this is commonplace for medical providers. The difference in how it affected their reputation is whether they over-communicated, you know, got super emotional. Data breaches are best handled when you give just the facts and move forward. It's It is commonplace. Frankly, it's probably expected nowadays from a lot of consumers, but a lot of organizations don't regularly go undergo data breaches. And so it's quite difficult when you have this thing pop and uh, and then you got to deal with it. Can you give us a few more examples of common crises that businesses deal with today? Yep. Um, I think that one that is particularly troublesome for me because it's all situational are those societal issues. However, We've seen time and time again, whether it's Me Too, BLM, Stop Asian Hate, um, there there is a, a new societal issue on social constantly. And if 
organizations are not careful, they can get tripped up by these. Um, now, a lot of big organizations, what they've done is over-index on, you know, adding uh, diverse audiences into marketing um, or um, within their operational structure, which is which is great. A lot of small businesses aren't able to do that, but for me, the worm will turn on societal issues, regardless of where your stance is um, as a business. So, so how do we prepare for that? What do we do? Yeah. So you look at um, what I would do is you would look at the industry that the company is in specifically, and then what are the issues, right? So, like, let's take Nike for instance. Not a client of mine, but let's you know everybody knows Nike. So a couple of the societal issues offhand. It'd be sustainability, you know, water usage or using sustainable products. Um, it would be uh, race issues. Um, it, obviously, I mean, they, you know, uh, they've called Colin Kaepernick as a, uh, as a spokesperson. So he's majorly into those race issues and labor issues. So how are Nike shoes made overseas? What are those working conditions like? I mean, that's plagued that societal issue in particular has plagued Nike for decades. And it's just something that they have to manage continually. Um, and they have to continually prepare for these sorts of things. If there's any sort of change in their policies, if there's any sort of change in how their factories are run or, or what have you, um, they, they need to update their crisis planning. Um, because as soon as something like that hits online, it could just run. Okay, so what you're saying is the societal issues are best dealt with when we sit down maybe as a management team or maybe bring in an outside expert to help us identify what specifically are the biggest risks in our industry. Um, maybe even what's affected other companies in our industry or, or where people are raising issues on social media and be proactive about identifying those in advance and developing our solution before it becomes a crisis? Um, I wouldn't just limit that to societal issues. I would, I would have a, um, I'd, I'd have a conversation between uh, management and, and, and key selected individuals and say, what keeps us up at night? Maybe aliens attacking the factory Independence Day style keeps them up at night. But then you also got to look at probability. Probability is really low. Data breach, probability is pretty high. So how about we plan for that one? And maybe the aliens one is like a parking lot situation. <laughs> Just camp it over here. I bet if, I mean, I've been in these meetings. If, you know, you take an hour to two hours with, uh, with the executives in the room focused and you have a whiteboard or a note taker and you talk about things that worry the individuals at the company, um, you're going to come up with a pretty solid list. And you might not hit all of them, but I bet you'll hit the majority of them. And then you come up with a plan of action and say, what do we need to do now to either prevent that from happening or that when that happens, we're, we're in a much better spot to weather that storm? That's exactly right. Because, you know, these crises, they're going to happen. It's how you react to them. And it's much better to build a plan. Um, and you can even go as far as to do template materials here's what we're going to say when this happens, or here's the email we're going to send. I mean, I do this with companies all the time. Here's the email we're going to send when X happens. And we have these big playbooks for big companies, but um, you game plan all this stuff out so you can just pull it off the shelf. And it's not going to be a one-to-one -one fit, but you'll get 75% of the way there. 
and it will provide a lot of clarity in the chaos. It seems like a lot of emergency planning for companies involves having a cash reserve. It seems like a lot of the things like a pandemic, right? One of the best things you can do for a pandemic is have a cash reserve when something like that happens, or if there's going to be a stock market or economic collapse, right? Having a cash reserve is there. Um, I know you work on the digital side, so maybe that's different than that type of crisis planning, but how much does having a cash reserve play into the strategies that you put together for your customers? When we talk about digital, okay, so say you've got a, you've got a big major issue, a, a, a crisis, something that threatens the company's license to do business. It's something that would help our kind of reputational-based ads, you know, digital, targeted digital ads to the investor community, to the media community, to public officials, um, all of these kind of high-value targets. You can run these super-targeted digital ads during a crisis and directly after, that is incredibly beneficial. And in the grand scheme of things, they don't cost that much, but you need cash for them. It's a lot of, in a lot of my crises plans, we will actually write a search budget of $30,000, like a pre-approved budget of, yes, you're approved to spend X amount of money you know, when we flip this crisis switch. So that they can act immediately. Okay, you talked about emotions. How do we better manage our emotions during a crisis? It seems like emotions can harm our ability to respond effectively. Yeah, that, I mean, that's where I come in. So um, so our, our team, we build out crisis management, reputation management, reporting constantly. Every single day, our team is, is performing these reports for Fortune 500 companies of, say, there's a company that cares significantly about what their you know, unionized labor force thinks about them. Um, we are able to develop kind of a search query and um, and understand the social conversation landscape on a daily basis of how these things are going. So when something kicks up with the labor stuff, we have a foundational baseline of data that says, oh, that's not that bad, or that's eh, it's only a 26% you know, uh, boost. And then conversely, when it does pop up, we can then see it stair-step down um, as it normally does through data. I'm not saying take emotion out of crisis, but there is so much data available to us and there's so much conversation happening online that it's just silly not to uh, not to use it. I mean, I I use I teach occasionally at, you know, universities and stuff and and I, I talk to these young communicators and I say, "Look, it is 2021. If you're a communicator that is going by your gut, you should just find another job because there's there's just too much data out there." So making data-driven decisions, not emotional decisions, not overreacting. Uh, it, it seems like it's human nature. We want to blame somebody. We want to, you know, off with their heads kind of a thing. And uh, often we just need to calm down, look at the data, and and uh, not be too sensitive about it. Now, I will say the other side does not look, you know, your opposition or whoever is attacking um, or opposing you online does not look at data. Uh, and And crises rewards sensationalism over the sober. However, the sober ultimately wins. So we got to look at the long game, not just the immediate crisis. Thank you so much, Zach, for sharing your stories and insights with me today. To learn more about or connect with Zach, you can find him on LinkedIn or Facebook or check out his website at everestcoms.com. And there's links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode on our site. You can get a free copy 
of my ebook, Passion Marketing, and learn how you can become a priority of your ideal customers. You can find that ebook at passionmarketing.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success in your crisis management. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.